Welcome. My name is Chapeau Claudette, and I will be reading you an article that I've written for Medium.com. I entitled it, Chapeau Claudette of Outlandish Hats Ask, Are We Ready for Brands Based on Woohoo Beliefs? There is a image from Charlotte Solomon of a girl drawing in front of the sea, and on her back is written, Leben oder der Alter. Translated from German, that means life or theater. First of all, for those of you who do not know what woo-woo beliefs are, here is the definition. Adjective. Comparative, more woo-woo, superlative, most woo-hoo, slang, supernatural, unrealistic. He made a living out of woo-hoo beliefs, slang. Describing a person readily accepting supernatural, paranormal, occult, and pseudoscientific phenomena or emotional base beliefs and explanations. I am asking the question because I need your opinion. I am very curious about what people think and not what advertisers want you to think. I'm asking everyone, my friends, my family, and potential customers, would you buy from and appreciate a brand name selling things that were based on connections to provable phenomena or emotion-based beliefs and explanations? We are currently living in a world that is approaching an existence based more on AI intelligence than human intelligence. At present, we are entertained and fascinated by virtual reality more than our everyday reality. Snapchat selfie filters and virtual friendships are based on near realistic and animated avatars. So is it wrong to attempt to secure venture capital for a brand based on the proof of my woohoo life experiences? I say let's rise to the challenge and see what is really real. Actually, I think my situation is perfectly timed and that my dilemma is not entirely a special one. So many of us need to rethink our career choices in this automated and robotic age. We will need to offer skills that AI doesn't have or in our lifetime never will. I, like many artisans, have worked 12 to 18 hour days handmaking innovative and unique crafts which were limited editions or one of a kind until production in China and prices on Amazon dictated and conquered the craft in online markets. Another question I'm asking is how will we adapt our mindset to still be relevant in the current and for future markets. True, hats can change the landscape of a street and are entertaining to look at, 
when attending weddings, music festivals, or somewhat unethical horse racing events. But unfortunately, now most people walk with their heads looking at their phones. Our postures are actually slowly changing as a result of our bow heads looking down at our phone. Even in the presence of friends, family, and associates that we proactively arrange to spend time with. Fewer people are looking around these days to notice headwear or anything else for that matter. This is the reality of the life we lead now. We have an abundance of visual information 24-7 in the palm of our hands. I would like to believe that perhaps we are evolving in the direction of needing and appreciating the story of what we see and experience when we are not plugged in. Since 1985, the beginning of my career, I was in love with unusual materials. I loved the look and feel of them. I would get goosebumps just looking at them when shopping for fabrics in St. Gall in Switzerland, showrooms in Como, Italy, or trade shows in Paris. I felt quite fortunate to have spent 20 years creating beautiful objects with my hands that were adored by many and adorned heads from Japan to Brazil. I spent years feeling comforted and inspired by glamorously styled photo shoots in printed fashion magazines and filled my home with these magazines, fabrics, and haberdashery materials from faraway places or from local vintage finds. But later, and too late, I realized that playing with ideas in my head and possible new designs and materials in my hands until late at night was in conflict with my growing family. I was seen as a bad housewife and an untidy mother. One could say I had my heads in the clouds even before I wrote the cloud book. So sorry, I'm tardy. I was given the nickname Cloudette. Well, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Claudette. My brand names are Chapeau Claudette and Life is a Hat Party. I was born in Philadelphia, PA and celebrated my 21st birthday in Berlin, Germany in 1984. I opened my first hat boutique in September 1988, Gallery de Mode. It is where I sold my hats and other milliners from around the world's designs. After the reunification of Germany, I released a maxi single with one political song, Pass Off, and one about fashion. During the promotional tour, I stumbled upon Woody, the paper hat vase, and rebranded it as Chapeau Claudette pour des bonnets in Paris and London. The difficult metamorphosis of the two Germanies coming together, the discovery of Chapeau Graphie and its connection with my patented hat, and the success of the paper hat vase prompted me to move to London the city of outlandish hats and theater. In the first 10 years in London, I performed chapeau at private, 
private members clubs and applied for the UK patent of my hat and continued to design handmade felt hats and occasion headwear. Starting at Camden and Portobello at Spitalfields Craft Markets. The following 10 years, the wholesale part of the company expanded internationally. After enjoying monetary success for five years with a branded concession at the Top Shop in Oxford Circus, I left due to the death of a loved one and the unethical practices that were coming to light about the company. After the death of my fiancé and the diagnosis of my mother with dementia 2010 and 2011 respectively, I had what one could say is a spiritual awakening. I woke up and started to look up. I looked up from things and looked up to the clouds and into the meaning of life. I realized unfortunately too late that my sons needed me to be on time at the school gates more than they needed faraway holidays. I found answers in the experiences of Dolores Cannon, the philosophy of Ubuntu, and the double slit experiment. I revisited the proof of what I believe could be two reincarnations of John Solomon Tabaran and Charlotte Solomon. I witnessed the power of making decisions based on love and the well-being of others instead of financial gain. One of my decisions led to an invitation from a woman named Anne Carsby in Sweden to create a Life as a Hat Party workshop with her filmmaker friend for the orphanage school that her charity supported in Nairobi, Kenya. Ewan Bush taught the 14-year-olds how to make video stories about their lives with an iPhone, and I taught them a mindset course on hat making. One of the students created a hat during the course that has financially helped disadvantaged children in Japan, and I hope in the future this project will help many other children around the world. The beauty of these life experiences are that the theme of the theater runs through all of them. I discovered that the woman, Anne Wanjuru, who founded the orphanage school where I held my first hat workshop, was a well-celebrated theater actress in Africa and that she gave up her career to change the lives of street children in Nairobi. She wanted them to use theater as a means of therapy to lessen the trauma that they endured from begging and being neglected since infants. This would be the third time that hats and theater would connect my life experiences to what I am tempted to believe could be explained by Dr. Robert Lanza and astronomer Bob Bergman's biocentrism instead of reincarnation. The jury on this is still out, but the following I know is true. 
The decision to take care of my mother and relocate her to a warm and sunny place, which was better suited for her arthritis and dementia, introduced me to the profound daily activity of stargazing and astronomy. My experience on the Red Sea in Egypt inspired me to become the observer of the sky. The decision to take care of my mother and relocate her to a warm and sunny place which was better suited for her arthritis and dementia introduced me to the profound daily activity of stargazing and astronomy. My experience on the Red Sea in Egypt inspired me to become the observer of the sky. Sky astrology for me meant that I could see in the sky with my eyes, which I could also verify by astronomers and astrophysicists. In the last few years, as I prioritized taking care of my mother and perfecting Benji's my students had that would help change the narrative of disadvantaged children in Africa. I spent hours and days researching and running the scientific data to verify that Western and tropical astrology robs people who follow it from a biodynamic experience that has been proven exists between our sun and moon and earth life. She found herself facing the question of whether to commit suicide or to undertake something wildly crazy. From Life or Theater by Charlotte Solomon But lately I am feeling like a mad-hatted observer and an unconsciously grieving one at that. Since my mother and father passed in the same month one year ago, my two sons have not forgiven me for not being as attentive as their stepmothers. I regret chasing the money or not seeking alimony because now I know that being there for your children is priceless. Sometimes I am not bothered to be here at all, but I am haunted by Charlotte Solomon's decision not to commit suicide like her mother, aunt, and grandmother, but to live and undertake something wildly crazy. Charlotte's definition of theater is to do something wildly crazy, life or theater. I remember my German husband saying, Aber jetzt bitte kein Theater machen when I would react dramatically in an argument. As I'm writing this, I also remember that I had a young, that I and a young filmmaker, Leonard Fritz Carwinkle, edited our video for my first song, Pass Off, in the very house where Charlotte Solomon was born, down the street from my first hat shop in Wielandstrasse 36. Pass Off is a song I wrote in 1991, which could be called a modern take of a singspiel about the reunification of Germany. On bad days, I'm a hypochondriac and think that 
The symptoms I have are the same as those of my mother and my fiancé's cancer. I find solace in the question and title of Charlotte Body of Work, Life or Theater, that was saved by Otley Moore, a German woman who saved many children during the war. At other times, I have been truly hopeful. In 2018, I was inspired by the Nelson Mandela Be the Legacy initiative and by Greta Thunberg. I sponsored African-American artists to create artworks using my excess millinery material, which saved them from adding to a landfill and which honored 11 women who had changed my way of thinking and my life. This decision accidentally led me to be part of a dynamic social experiment exploring our collective consciousness. Just as my financial support reaches a dead end, every day there seems to be an article about Western astrology being all the craze and how it's a $2 billion business that investors consider a good risk. I told my friends that I should try to find an investor for my Sky Astrology, but my advice from them and family, who have been extremely supportive, say, don't lead with the charity story, help yourself first, and don't lead with astrology, that'll put them off. Firstly, it's true, I have made quite a few hat designs that I am very proud of and sold them all around the world. At the same time, my carbon imprint on the environment as a fashion designer is quite substantial. Lately, I've been feeling like the Greta Thunberg of hats because I am adamant that my hat designs must offset, not contribute to the damage that fashion has already contributed to the destruction of our ecosystems. Secondly, once you know better, I believe you should do better. And I personally know the downfall of following Western and tropical astrology. The emotional response and insulted look on my youngest son's face when I said, If I knew you were a cancer, I would have fed you and nurtured you more is one of my paramount reasons that I am so passionate about observing and sharing the actual moments, movements of the heavenly bodies and why I follow astronomy and not astrology. I find it incredibly tragic that millions of millennials are believing in the stagnated calculations and therefore misleading apps of western and tropical astrology. I cringe when I hear these astrologers say, this is what is happening in the sky right now, because it simply isn't true. Any free star location app can verify that. I am disappointed by Western astrology teachers who have modules on how to seduce the client at the beginning of a consultation so that they quickly gain their trust and attention. In these increasingly unnatural times when our youth are looking down at their phones more than looking up at the sky, the very last thing that is helpful is a pseudoscience that has not shifted its thinking 
like the procession of the equinoxes, which is actually the reason that we are dawning on the age of Aquarius. So i like to ask you, do you think a venture capitalist would invest in a previously internationally known hat brand who aspires to be the Greta Thunberg of millinery because she adamantly insists on sustainable production methods and giving back? And who is an observer of celestial bodies and intent on saving millennials from the pseudoscience of astrology with her sky astrology and her story of reincarnation, a.k.a. consciousness meets quantum physics sprinkled on top? The only reason I can speculate that my situation has come this far that I'm asking you such a question is that I've been dozing off and working on my computer at Heathrow Terminals 2, 3, and 4 at night and hanging out at weekends on the all-night underground or dance clubs. And so I realized that this experience that I've had is truly important because this story needs to be told. No, I haven't been able to sell my hat materials or my business because this is the story that I need to be telling. So yes, it's true, I miss sleeping in my own bed, but I know the intangible rewards of looking up at fluffy white clouds in the sky and twinkling stars in the night sky that give me a priceless feeling of why I am here at all on this planet. And I know this is not the only plane of existence. Dr. Jim B. Tucker, M.D., is a Boner Lowry Professor of Psychiatry and Neo-Behavioral Sciences at the University of Virginia and an author of the most scientific and recognized books about reincarnation. On his homepage is the quote from Voltaire, who is rumored to have appreciated the talent of Tabaron. The street performer. It is not more surprisingly to be born twice than once. Everything in nature is resurrection. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>